Woo! Anybody ready for the word this morning? Amen. I came for the word. I'm still receiving the word. Amen. I'm still receiving the word. Still chewing on this word. Amen. Let us go before the throne of grace just one more time. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. We thank you that your word is life, health, strength to every part of our being, even to our bones, our bodies, the spirit, the soul of man. We thank you for what you do through your word. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and hearts to receive your word. It's through your word that we know you. Through your word, we get to see who you are, see you moving, see your faithfulness. We thank you that you are faithful to complete the work you've begun in us. Bless this time, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. 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 Come on, somebody say sit to serve. Sit to serve. Man, anybody have a busy week besides me? So busy, so busy, has so many things going on this week. But sometimes you just got to sit down or you'll be overwhelmed, right? Almost happened to me. The Lord said, sit, rest. I got it. I got it. And as soon as I did that, I was able to hear. I was able to hear. And it just kept coming. I was sharing with Bruce this morning. And once, once he opened up the floodgates, man, I was trying to find napkins and business cards and everything I can find to just jot some things down so I didn't forget. Amen? But God is faithful, man. And so I'm so thankful. And I was actually really encouraged by Jake's text, too, this, this week because I was like, man, I know that feeling. I know that feeling, man. God just coming through. Anybody ever had that experience? Where God just came through in a way like only he could? Amen. Amen. So, as you know, we're going to be starting up our grace group soon. Man, I am so excited about that. and I've been talking about it. Uh, we've been sharing about it uh, in our um, Bible studies uh, with the men. And the Lord has just been giving me vision just through his word, just giving me visions of of what that's going to look like and just to see the body of Christ, man, coming together, us as a church body, growing in relationship, getting to know one another. Amen. 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 Not just knowing our names or, or knowing us, you know, being familiar with each other, but really getting to know each other, being intimate with each other. Amen. We're going to have different homes that we're going to go to and we'll be in small settings. So it will have that intimacy that will will we'll create that opportunity for us to grow together, to really get to know each other, man. And, and when we do that, we'll really begin to appreciate one another. Amen. And then what we're about to read will, will, will come to fruition. It'll be manifested in our lives. Amen. So the central theme, the central theme is sit to serve. But I mean, you know, God has called us to serve to serve one another. Amen. And it's good to serve. The Bible said it's better, it's, it's better to give than to receive when it comes to 
one another. But when it comes to him, it's better to what? Receive. Amen. So let's move along in the scriptures. We're starting out in Romans chapter 12. Starting in verse 4, he says, For as we have many members in the body, many members in the body, just look around. Many members in the body, right? He says, but all the members do not have the same, what? Function. So we, being many, are the body in Christ. Amen? He says, and individually members of what? One another. I was talking to Bruce this morning as we were sharing with each other. And I was just reminded, you know what? We need one another. Right? You might sit on the opposite side every week from somebody else. And because of that, you may not think about them very much. But God knows that we need one another. And I'm telling you right now, these grace groups is just us being obedient to what God has called us to as a church. Come on, we're growing. Amen. Not just in numbers, but we're growing up. We're growing up into who God created us to be. Individually as members, but also as a body in Christ. We are one. Amen. And we need one another. He says, having then gifts. Each one of us has gifts. Some of us are not aware of all of our gifts. Therefore, we haven't had the opportunity to really tap into those gifts. But the vision that God has given me as it relates to our grace groups is that people are going to begin to identify their gifts and begin to operate in those gifts freely in the church for the benefit and profit of us all. Amen. He says, having then differing, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Amen. It's by the grace of God that we receive these gifts. He says, let us use them, not sit on them. He says, but let us use them. He says, if prophecy, let us do what? Let us prophesy. Listen, if that's your gift. If God gives you a vision of something. If he speaks something to you that hasn't been manifested in the natural for people to see with their eyes. And he leads you to speak that we are to be obedient to faith and speak. Amen. Amen. Don't be afraid to use your gift. He says, do it in proportion to your faith. He says, or ministry. What is ministry? Ministry is service. We all have that gift. We all have that ability to serve someone else. It actually literally means as like a, a waiter or a waitress, one who carries out the orders of others. It's also the same definition for a deacon. Serves the body, right? He says, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He says, he who exhorts. What's exhortation? Encouragement. We got any encouragers in here? We got some encouragers in this church, man. 
Use that gift. He says, he who gives with liberality. Are you a giver? You just have a giving generation, generous heart. I know people like that. And I used to say, man, some people's generosity just kind of puts you to shame. But shame is not for us. We know that now, right? Right? But it encourages us. Right? It encourages, encourages us to want to give like that, to be able to let go and really trust God and be generous in our giving. That word liberal means to be free in our giving, not holding on to it, wishing we hadn't done it. Right? But rejoicing in the fact and the opportunity that God gives us to do so, right? Where am I at? All right, y'all can preach today too. It says, he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. He says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. Now, he's speaking of love here. You have to understand that our, our giving, our service has to come from a certain place. It has to come from a certain place. And that place is, is love. It has to come from a heart of love. It can't come out of, out of duty. It can't come out of that place. It can't come out of that place of obligation. It can't come from there. You won't even feel good about it. It won't even benefit you to do it like that. Right. It has to come from a place of love. The Bible tells us in, in, in other passages of the scripture that you can have all the gifts in the world and you can actually try to function in them and all of that. But if you have not love. You have nothing. You have nothing because you're giving from the wrong place. Right. Then he says, abhor what is evil. Dislike evil right that might sound like a no-brainer it may sound like a no-brainer but how many of us have seen people do things and wonder what in the world convinced you to do that right things that make you go hmm he says, cling to what is good. Cling to what is good. Hold on to what is good. Amen? Identify that which is good and cling to it. Hold on to it. He says, be kindly affectionate. Be kindly affectionate. This is talking about another type of love. This is talking about the Philadelphia. Right? That phileo love. Brotherly kindness. That's what this is talking about. Be kindly affectionate to one another. Come on, he's, he's talking to the church. He's talking to us, right? Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. Listen, Christ said that they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. Our love is manifested in how we serve one another, how we prefer one another over ourselves right he says not lagging in diligence 
Don't be sluggish or lazy. Be diligent with this. Amen. Fervent in spirit. On fire for God. This is where we get that, that terminology from. Fervent in spirit. You ever described, seen somebody and described them as being on fire for God? That's where that comes from, man. Be on fire. Serving the Lord. That is how we want to serve the Lord. With a fire. With a passion. Amen? Listen, if you tell somebody something, you're trying to convince them of something, and you have no passion whatsoever, you are not very convincing. You're not very convincing. Like, you can have certain skill sets. You can be really smart, right? But if you don't have any passion behind what it is that you're doing, it's kind of hard for people to believe that you actually believe what you're telling them. Right? And it makes it hard for them to receive. And if you're going to say something to somebody, you want them to what? Receive it. Amen? He says rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. You haven't received it yet. The, 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 the physical manifestation that is. But we rejoice anyway. Why? Because we have a confident expectation of good. That's what that hope means, right? He says patient in tribulation. Patient in tribulation. We will go through trials and tribulation. But when you know that you already won, you're not in a hurry. You're not in a hurry. It is finished, is what Jesus said. It is finished. If you're going through the fire, you're just being refined. That's all. He's just, he's just burning away the rest of the dross. That's all. Anything else that's not like him, he just, he's just letting that fall on off. Let it melt away. So count it all joy when you go through the various trials of life. Amen? Because you know that you have the victory. Amen? He says, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Continuing. As I mentioned early, earlier, the scripture encourages us to pray often. Right? Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. That's what happens when we come together. And serve one another and love one another with the agape, unconditional love of God. Amen? When we do that, there's fruit. There's fruit that remains. In other words, it doesn't stay where it was. It goes with us and we continue to bear fruit. Amen? He says, and given to hospitality given to hospitality. That's something that all of these grace group hosts and grace group leaders are going to be doing. Showing hospitality, making us feel welcome, inviting us into their homes. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to that, man. One day I might host a grace group in my house. We'll see. 
We'll see. We'll see. My brand new house. Praise God. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. He does not want us to be unaware of spiritual gifts. We all have spiritual gifts. You may not know what they are, but God has given us all gifts. And as a matter of fact, you are a gift. You are a gift to the body of Christ. You are the gift of God. Don't let anybody else tell you differently. Amen? All right? You might come in a different wrapping, but you are still a gift. Amen? Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 12, it says this. There are diversities of gifts, different gifts, right? He says, but the same spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us these gifts. And don't worry, you're not limited to one gift because he gives those gifts to whomever. He desires at the time that he desires for you to have that gift. Have you guys ever come upon a situation where someone had a need? And although you had a desire to help meet that need, you didn't know how to meet that need until you got there. Till you got there. And the spirit of God began to move on your heart. And then you took that step of faith, that giant leap of faith, and you opened your mouth. And you spoke life. Spoke life. That's what God has called us to do. Speak life. Amen. Amen. He says there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. He says, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now, in those three verses, we see the Trinity. We see the Trinity. He says, by the same spirit, but the same Lord and the same God. We have a triune God. He's at work. So these gifts come from him. Amen. He says, but the manifestation, the, the, the revealing, the physical manifestation where you could see. He says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, of everybody. Listen, nobody has a monopoly on this thing, right? Nobody has a monopoly on it. It's his gift. It's his gift. And the Bible says that the gift of God is given without repentance. So do you have to have fear that God is going to take your gift back? You don't have to have fear that God's going to take your gift because you ain't acting right. <laughs> all he's going to do is use somebody else. And you just kind of miss out on a blessing. There's more blessing for you. But you just might miss out on a blessing at that particular moment. But like somebody once said, one monkey don't stop the show. 
God, God to keep it moving. Amen. Verse eight, he says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. He says to another faith. And this is these are supernatural gifts, guys. Now, we all have faith. We all have believing faith. But this is supernatural faith. I'm talking mountain moving faith. I'm like, that's crazy, but I believe it. Faith. Right. He says, by the same spirit and to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. Listen, there are people in here with the healing of God in their hands I'm telling you right now. For our benefit, amen. He says to another, the working of miracles and to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits. And to another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let's not move too quickly. He says, but one and the same spirit works. It ain't even you. It's, it's him. He's doing the work. No pressure. No pressure. It doesn't matter what the task is. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. And as long as you understand that it is him working, there's no pressure. Just make yourself available. The Bible says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Just make yourself say, here I am, Lord. God calls your name. Here I am, Lord. What do you want? Listen, that's. That's my stance on just about everything. It's but especially when it comes to ministry. Like, all right. It's my week. Troy's gone. I'm singing. I'm preaching. But it's not me. It's like, All right, Lord, I'm here. What do you want? What do you want to say? What do you want to see happen? What do you want to give your people? That's it. That's it. Listen, if I come in here and give y'all anything other than what he gave me, to give you, you ain't leaving with much. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you, <laughs> you ain't, you ain't leaving with much. Amen. We want what He has for us, right? Amen. He says, "For as the body is one, come on, that's us. Come on, say that's us." There is too much division in this world, guys. All right. And there's going to be division in the world. But there needs to be unity in the church. Amen. There needs to be unity in the church. Put all your differences aside because the scripture just told us we the same. We are one. Amen. He says, for as the body is one and has many members. 
But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also in Christ. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says this, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. All the spiritual gifts that's spoken about in the scriptures, that's described to us in the scriptures, he wants us to have a desire for them. He doesn't want us to be afraid of any of them. Okay, let's not be the type of people that are so religious that we pick and choose what gifts we want. And which ones we don't. Because the only reason why you would do that is because of fear of what other people are going to think. And that's pride. And the Bible says God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. All right. He says desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. But I want to draw our attention to the order in which he said this. He says, pursue love first. First and foremost, pursue love. That love right there is speaking of the agape love of God. That's what it's speaking of. It's speaking of the agape love of God. Have a desire to demonstrate just as he did. The same love that he showed you. Show it to others. The exact same love. Have that desire. And I'm going to go ahead and let you know, you don't have the ability to do it how he did it. But you can have a desire for that to happen in somebody else's life. And guess what? He will do it. He will do it. God is faithful. Amen. So the first thing is, man, we got to pursue love first. We have to have that desire that people will get to know God in a personal way by experiencing his love. See, Apostle Paul didn't get to walk with Jesus in the natural, in the flesh. But there's absolutely no mistake about it. He knew Jesus personally. Through relationship. Jesus had revealed himself. To Paul. And we have that in common. With Paul. We didn't see the physical manifestation of Christ. One day we will. One day we will. But we were here. To see the physical manifestation of Christ. We didn't get to put our fingers in his nail pierced hands. We didn't get to put our hand in his side like Thomas did. But he still revealed himself to us. He still personally touched us. And he changed us. And he's continuing to transform us. Amen. He says, but he who prophesies speaks edification. We spoke about this a little bit in men's Bible study over the past week. He says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, which is to build up, to edify, to build up. Not tear down, but to what? 
build up. He says, he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation, which is encouragement, right? And comfort to men. Brings about a peace and a calm through the very words that you speak. So what I want to show you here in this scripture is that this scripture makes prophecy practical. It's not some mystic thing. All right. Every one of us has the ability to prophesy. All you have to do is focus on building people up, encouraging them. And speaking peace and life. unto them. To their situation, whatever it is that's going on in their life. If you focus on doing that, you are prophesying. Okay, let's not make prophecy weird. It is a gift of God. For the prophet of all of us. Okay? Doesn't mean you have the office of a prophet, your position. It's not about position. The only position you need is the child of God. That's it. That's it. That's the only position that you need is the child of God. And, and that's what you are. Amen? So here we are, Luke chapter 10. So now we're getting back to that central theme, right? Sit to serve. Yes, God has called us to serve, but as I was sharing with Bruce this morning, your greatest service comes after you rest. The Bible says that even Jesus himself, with all the stuff that he did, he got away from the crowd. He got away from all the, the things that needed to be done, all the service. He says, yes, I, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve, but at the same time, I need to be filled. And so the Bible says he he got away and he, he he spent time with the father. And when he was with the father, he he heard the father. That's what we're going to see in this scripture. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. It says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Somebody say Mary. It says who also sat at Jesus's feet. She sat at Jesus's feet. Sitting is a restful position, right? I'm going to use a prop. Everybody else in here sitting. He sat. She sat at Jesus's feet. It's amazing how much pressure sitting takes off your feet. We don't we don't always think about it. But if you're walking around in theme parks, your eyes are on the prowl for a seat. You, you're always looking for an empty bench. They're hard to find, so you got to keep your head on the swivel. You got to move quick. It's like playing musical chairs. This is a restful position. Jesus himself sits. Jesus himself sits. God himself sits. Listen, his throne isn't just Something that 
speaks of his kingship, his lordship. It's also an example to us to take a seat. To take a seat. God's throne is for him to sit. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. And remember this, when we sit, we sit in Christ. The Bible says we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So sitting is a very powerful thing for us to do. Because it allows us to stop and rest. And when we rest, we hear, we receive, and we are equipped to do whatever it is God has called us to do. Amen? And so we see that here, the emphasis on sitting. He says in I can retrain my eyes to find my spot. Okay. And all right. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and did what? Heard his word. She wasn't at his feet being busy. Right? She was listening. Right? She wasn't distracted. Right? He says, but Martha was distracted with much serving, with much serving. Now, service is good, but not from an empty place, not out of an empty place. He wants us to be full. So we have to stop. Listen, if you're driving your car and you keep passing gas stations, There goes another one. There goes another one. There goes another one. Your tank is getting empty. It's going down. The more you drive, it's getting empty. And you just keep passing by. Keep passing by. At some point, if you don't stop to fill up, you're going to run out of gas. You're going to stop your progress. You're going to hinder what it is that you have to do. So you have to stop and refuel. That's what this is all about. And while you're there, hear. Listen. Commune with God. Don't, Don't just go through the motions. Commune with God. Hear his word. Think on his word. Meditate on his word. Amen? He says, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, how many of you have been so busy you go to God and say, God, well, you can put all this stuff on my plate for? I got this to do. I got that to do. Golly. Anybody ever feel like that for real? Like, Lord, I thought you said you want to put more in me than I could bear. You just take a seat. Rest. It'll be much lighter as soon as you sit down. When you sit, I'm working, but as long as you want to work, I'm sitting. You can pass the baton if you want to. This is, hey, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm willing to work with you. But you won't sit down. You won't pass the baton. You won't give it over to me. You won't trust me with it. 
You think you got to have your hands in it, that you got to manipulate it, and you have to control it, and you got to make it to come to pass, and you got to, no, you don't have to do all of that. You don't. Absolutely. You can't, right? He says, Lord. She says, Lord, do you not care? It's like, I know you see this, right? Do you not even care? That my sister has left me to serve alone? She's sitting at your feet. She didn't say that. But she sees her sitting at Jesus' feet. So she says to him, you, she left me. She chose you over me. She was feeling some type of way. Right? She says, therefore, tell her to help me. Tell her to leave you and come help me. That's really what she's saying. Got to give it to her. She's kind of smart. She know what to say, what not to say. But at the same time, her heart is being revealed. Right. Her heart is being revealed. He says, and Jesus answered. And he didn't rebuke her harshly. But he rebuked her lovingly. Come on. Rebuke is good for you. Rebuke is good for you sometimes. Right. You got to receive that. The Bible says that the word of God is profitable for doctrine. Right. For teaching but also for correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, right? So rebuke is good from the Lord. So he says, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. He was so gentle. He was so gracious. He didn't just say, Martha, <laughs> sit your butt down. Sir. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. He says, but one thing is needed. One thing is needed. He says, and Mary has chosen that good part. One thing is needed. One. And she chose it. He wasn't in being prideful and say, she chose me over you. Okay, deal with it. I'm God. That wasn't his attitude. He says, she, she's doing the right thing. She's doing what she's supposed to do. She's chosen that good part. He says, which will not be taken away from her. There's nobody who can take your Jesus from you. Nobody can take your Christ from you. No one can take him from you. And guess what else? No one else can pluck you out of his hand. Amen? No one can pluck you out of his hand. That's the good part. We have to stop and sit. We have to refuel. We have to sit, rest, receive his word. Here he's given us two ears and one mouth. Right? So we need to hear more. Hear more. All right? And then when we speak, we're speaking by inspiration 
of the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God. Amen? He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, see, this is what happens when you come out of that time of communion with the Lord, when you sit and you hear his word, you rest and you receive, then you are led by the Spirit. He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not what? You are not under the law. So it's good for us to be led by what? Led by the Spirit. Amen? Because when we get so busy and so distracting with service or whatever it is that, that's on our plate, when we get distracted, we un, unknowing to us. Sometimes we just don't recognize it at the time. We put ourselves up under so much law. We put ourselves up under so much pressure. And it's not even coming from God. We, we, we bring it, we like literally bring it upon ourselves because we choose to focus on that, right? Right? Like we've got to be honest about it. Like we all have done it. We all can do it, even with our best intentions. That's why it's important for us to be reminded, right? It's important for us to be reminded. Because you're not under law. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result, this is the manifestation of being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. After you've sat and received, right? This is the fruit of it. It's love. Love is first. First. Why is love always first? Because he is love. So the moment you stop to recognize him and acknowledge him, you begin to receive his love. You're reminded of his love. This is the first thing he reminds you of. And then after that, everything else comes. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says, and against such, there is no law. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us walk. In the spirit. Amen. If we live in the spirit. How do you get in the spirit? You got to sit. You got to rest. You got to receive. You got to commune with God. You got to hear his word. Then you're in the spirit. And then when you get out from that place. Now you walk in that. You walk in what you received. When you were there in the spirit. With him. Amen. Even in the book of Revelation, John says, I was in the spirit. And then God began to reveal things. So we got to get it's important for us to get in the spirit so that he can show us things. There's some things that he wants to tell us. It's not his desire to to withhold any good thing from us. Right. But we got to position ourselves. Position ourselves. Right. He says, abide in me. This is good. He says, abide in me. This is Jesus speaking. Abide. I'm your dwelling place. Abide in me. Live in me. Dwell with me. 
How many of you have Jesus in your heart, in your home? He says, dwell with me, abide in me. He says, and I in you. Not a one-way thing. He says, and I in you. He says, as the branch cannot bear fruit, as the branch cannot bear fruit, we are the branches. He is the vine. He says, the, as, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. He says, neither can you unless you abide in me. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Right? He says, without me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, we are nothing. Amen? He says, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you, what you desire and it shall be done for you. Has anybody ever experienced that? This is, this is the real deal right here. This is true. This is, this, this, is, this is not just facts. This is truth. This is, this is what has happened. We have experienced this. Amen? And that encourages us to continue to pray. Amen? He says, by this, my Father is glorified. When we abide in him, and he in us, and we ask. He says, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. He says, so you will, you will be my disciples. He says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. This is before the cross. This is before the cross. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. He says, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Think about that for a second. Abide in my love. Don't lose sight of my love. Amen? Listen, let me tell you something. If for a moment you don't believe or you forget that you are loved, it, it shuts you down. Especially when you don't receive love from someone you expect to receive love from, it just it just kind of slows everything down. It slows everything down. We got to focus on his love for us. Be reminded of that. Amen. He says, if you keep my commandments, this is Jesus talking. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. I know some of you are thinking, wait a minute, hold up. What commandments? You talking about the Ten Commandments? No. No. Not the same commandments. Not the same commandments. He says, if you commit my if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments. So who kept the father's commandments? The Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments came from God the Father. And none of us could keep them. But Jesus came and he kept them. It's because he kept them that his sacrifice was enough 
to bring about our forgiveness of sin. Amen. He says, as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. Come on, somebody say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Sometimes our joy fades, but his never does, right? He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. The only way our joy is full is when we receive his. Amen. He says, this is my commandment that you do what? Love one another as I have loved you. Again, this is before the cross. So what you got to do, you got to go back and read and see how he loved, how he served. Right. How he did that. This is before the cross. It's before he died. It's before he took those lashes. Okay. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. Than to lay down one's life for his friends. He says, you are my friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And what has he commanded us? Love one another. Love one another. Let that be the goal. It's grace groups and beyond. Let that be our goal. To love one another. To demonstrate the love of God. One to another. To prefer one another over ourselves. To serve one another. They will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. Amen? He says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. He says, but I have called you friends. I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. All things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. There's nothing that Jesus held back. There's nothing that he withheld from us, that he withholds from us. Amen. And even today, he's still telling us what the father is telling him. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, somebody say sit to serve. Amen. There may be some in this place who, who don't know this Jesus that we're talking about, we've been talking about, we've been quoting this morning, but... Um, you don't have to walk out of here the same way. Amen. One of the things that we like to do at the end of services is just to uh, Pastor Troy or myself, we like to make ourselves available to anyone who needs prayer. If you want to be, uh, if you want to meet Jesus personally, you want him to be your Lord, you want him to be your Savior, and you want to receive 
his joy. You want to abide in him. You want to know how to rest and receive and sit at his feet and hear his word. Man, if that's you, just find me, find somebody. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus. He created you for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. He loves you. He's demonstrated it, and he still does. You are alive today for a purpose. And it's greater than what you may think. So if that's you today, please find me. I'd love to speak to you. If anyone else has anything that they want uh, prayer for, I'm going to be right down here. We're just going to kind of play a song. If we can find something. Um, and if no one needs uh, any prayer today, we'll, we'll go ahead and dismiss. But um, if that's you, I'm going to come down and invite you, invite you guys down. Let us pray so we can get out of here and go have us some fun and food and fellowship. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for waking us up this morning, giving us this opportunity, Father, to come and gather together in one place on one accord to lift up praise and worship and thanksgiving to your name, Father, and to hear your word. We thank you for speaking to us today, Father. Thank you for moving in our hearts and our minds and for revealing yourself and revealing truth and, and for just, just being so gracious to us, Father. We thank you and we love you, Lord. We thank you for just equipping us to be fruitful and to be a blessing, Father, to those that we come in contact with, Father, that we may shed, uh, share the, the, the power of the gospel, Father, and, and to share the testimony, God, that you have given us, Father. We bless you. We thank you for uh, blessing this time and blessing our time uh, as we get together uh, this afternoon, Father, a little bit later, Father. We ask that God that you just bless us in our coming and bless us in our going. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. amen. We are dismissed.